0: Ladies and gentlemen, so we're here on a Saturday. That means we have an all-star panel for you. So this is the first one since October 22nd. And why? Because life throws us all curveballs. And today we're going to be discussing how to regroup and refocus yourself when life hits you with one of those curveballs. And helping me have this conversation, we have Andy, who has been on the show in the past, and he was on another panel We have Andrew, who's been on the show multiple times and been on multiple panels, I believe. We have Lisa, who rocked her episode, and this is her first panel. We have Emily, who's having some tech issues, but hopefully she has it all squared away and can join us. And we have Dominic joining us as well. And so I'm actually waiting for one more, so hopefully he pops on as Noah. But uh, if not, then just the six of us will bring this home. All right, so we're going to start with Andrew Cap. He is an author. He just released his second book, I believe, and if it's more, he'll, he'll clarify that on me. But his book, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. He hit bestseller status. He sold thousands of books, and he's going to lead us off here in our discussion of how to regroup and refocus when life throws you lemons. Andrew, take it away.
1: Robert Foster, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I actually have a, I sold over 100,000 copies of the Love Attraction book. So between that one and Just Feel Good, I actually published a book uh, giving my my marketing secrets, like how I got it out there. So that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I know we're kicking things off just with the idea of like, you know, what kind of struggles we as presenters and speakers have gone through uh, and the one that I plan to be discussing today goes all the way back to 2008 where i basically um lost to be a little dramatic i lost what felt like was about 90 of my life in the span of one week because um not you know three days after uh quitting on a business that i had been working on for years um my girlfriend of three years like broke up with me over text so you know no I had now no business, no income, and I had no uh, girlfriend and and no social life in that regard. And uh, I know we're going to be talking a little bit later about, you know, how, you know, the turnaround and how it was actually done. But just as like a bit of a preview, um, it did have a happy ending because, you know, within six months of doing what I did, uh, I was making more money than at any point in my life before then. I was um, in a brand new way, healthier relationship. Um, I lost 25 pounds without even trying. I was grateful every day. I was in the best shape of my life. I was I was happy. I was thriving. I was lively. So looking forward to giving the scoop about that. But I guess just a reminder that even when it feels like a lot of things are going wrong, there's always a way back.
0: Awesome. Excellent way to start. Up next, we're going to go to the UK. Uh, oh, I guess we're not. He's not here. Andy must be having tech issues all right so we're gonna skip ahead to Lisa you are up and dive in
2: hi everybody thanks so much Robert for asking me to be on this panel today so I have been a guest on Robert's show and to tell you a little of my backstory to start off I am what's called a behavioral specialist And what I do, and I've been doing this for close to 30 years, is I help families understand the devastating consequences that living with Alzheimer's disease has on the person who suffers from it, the family members, the caregivers, and for that matter, anybody who's involved in that little world. So this is... Um, My second book behind me, Truth, Lies, and Alzheimer's, It's Secret Faces. Um, That's, again, my second book. My uh, first book was called Not All Who Wander Need Be Lost. It went bestseller. And I can honestly tell you that I actually struggled with my identity for a really long time. And I don't think that that is um, an uncommon thing for people to struggle with in their lifetime. I think we've all asked ourselves, what is this purpose in this lifetime? And what is my purpose? What, What role am I supposed to be playing? And even though I've always really enjoyed and loved what I do, something was missing until this particular day, which I'm going to share my story with you, which really changed my life and made all the difference in the world to me. It's like I finally figured it out. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with um, the movie City Slickers but there was a couple of references made in that movie to the secret to life is one thing. And you spend the whole movie trying to figure out what his one thing is. And then at the very end, they say it's different for everybody. And that is 100% true. So I found my one thing, and I feel very blessed that I did find my one thing, because I know that people just struggle with that all the time. So stay tuned and I'm gonna share with you what my one thing was.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we're we're definitely gonna dive into that, finding that one thing. Andy is back, so now we're going out to the UK and we're gonna bring in Andy to share his story of struggle. Take it away. Hello everyone, thanks for having me today, Robert. Great to be back. Um so as a
3: business coach, yeah, you know, my my focus with everybody is on their business, and I help a lot of small business owners, um, sole traders around the world. Um, and I suppose I'm gonna talk about a time that probably everybody will resonate with, and that was the start of the COVID breakout. Um and I sat there over in this country when we went into the first lockdown. And within two days of that lockdown, I'd lost about £25,000 worth of business after company after company just said, we need to cancel our work. We need to cancel our work. We need to cancel our work. Now, to sit there at that point and think, well, what the hell am I going to do next? Because I can't go out. I can't do this. I can't do that. And my whole business model just sort of fell to pieces in two days. And I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with that situation around the world and, and the things that happened to them. So I'll tell you a little bit more about what I did uh, when we come back. Thank you.
0: I wasn't, I wasn't ready for you to be done that fast. <laughs> I was over here taking notes. <laughs> All right. Noah is not here yet. Emily, I believe you're ready because I heard some, some background noise there.
4: Oh, really? Can you hear me now? Yeah.
0: Yes, we can. All right. Oh, Emily is yay. I <laughs> so
4: don't know what happened to make it come on, but I'm <laughs> glad I'm here.
0: She's going to talk about her struggle with tech. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Take it away.
4: Uh, well, I have had two husbands die and a lot of other people have died uh, my parents my sister all my a, a lot of friends and and trying to figure out how to deal with that i wrote a lot and i am a writer i've taught writing at the university level for many years so i started writing just for me like journaling and the more i wrote i figured out ways that really helped me and i thought i can help other people who are grieving and so that's what i did and i i can tell you in uh, later on exactly how I accomplished that. But I have uh, one book out now. I have another book that's coming out next month. And I have a grief and happiness alliance that we have formed that people can come to every week to help them. And I have a podcast called grief and happiness. So I, I dealt with my tough thing by actually finding happy and helping other people to be happy too.
0: Well done. Is that solo Leo? And we're going to bring in Dom. You are up next. Take it Woo-hoo!
5: away. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks a bunch, Rob. Appreciate you for having me on. And great to be sharing the virtual stage with the rest of these super special, awesome panelists. And my goodness, like setbacks in life. Sometimes they come in the form of a sandwich. And that <laughs> happened with me because... Uh, wonderful year, 2012, where folks in America thought the world was going to end. But all we that happens that we lost Twix for a month. Is that a uh, had a little <laughs> paradigm shift where my father himself we actually discovered that he was stricken with Alzheimer's because he went out for our yeah. usual drive that he likes to do, and instead of him just going to a grocery store or seeing some family and friends, he ended up in Silver Spring, Maryland, good 40 miles away from Baltimore. We're like, what the heck? Like, how'd you end up in there? <laughs> and that did some internal led to some internal struggles that I wasn't even aware of. I lacked some self-awareness at the time because about a good two months later was called into the boss's office and she was listing up all these areas where I was screwing up here, here and there were some miscommunication issues with some colleagues. And I had a part-time job at a library at the time where I was working there for five years, and she actually was saying, Hey. Folks going to be looking to you as a leader because you've been here for five years. And it's like, hey, if you've been somewhere for five years, you got to know something. It's like they didn't fire you yet, so you got to know something because she was bringing in some new staff members. And if I wasn't my usual self or at a higher level, then I would have to see my way to the door. And to make things even better, not butter to complete the setback sandwich the day I turned 21 on my way to IT security class, got into a car accident where my darn brake jam and the wheel flew off my freaking car i I got out okay but obviously there are some things going on so there were some things i had to do to really turn things around and there were some things i had to do to not only turn things around but also help things to become sustainable so more to come
0: (laughs) more to come love it all right so what did we learn so far in that first round that struggle looks different for everyone You know, from Andrew losing everything, from Andy taking a big hit in his businesses during COVID, Emily losing two of her husbands, you know, Lisa with identity struggles trying to figure out what her purpose is, you know, and with what Dom just shared. So we all go through something at some point, but the power is not in the what, it's in the how you get through it, because we all go through struggles. Like I went from training people in my gym to opening up a 5,000 square foot facility, beautiful facility. And one of the worst days of my life was when we had to move from it. It was, it was awful. I remember as we were, you know, tearing up the flooring and, you know, listing my excess equipment for, for sale, just a wide range of emotions that overcame. And just even now as I'm remembering that day, like it still chokes me up a little because something that, wasn't even supposed to happen. Like fitness for me, it was a hobby because I've always been an athlete. So I always trained to keep myself strong and to keep my body strong. And then once I started branching out and training other people and it just started growing and it started growing, it, it just grew into something that was really, really special. And so having to close that down was soul crushing. It was absolutely soul crushing. And I had to keep myself strong for my clients and for for my family, and just had to really shift gears into something bigger. You know, it's like, you can't let what happened define you. So for me, losing that facility, it wasn't a failure. It was moving on to something different. And anyone going through struggle has to have that moment, like, all right, I can't keep doing this. And so now as we go into to the second phase, and I push this back to the panelists, they're going to share how it is they took that situation and they righted the ship towards the path to where they are now. So, Andrew, you are back
1: up. Yeah, well, so, you know, it's interesting because what I said at the top of the show, I, you know, lost what felt like was uh, 90% of my life. And when all was said and done... Here, all these things had turned around in, in like six months and begs the question well, how did this happen? Well, One Piece is like on the way to this implosion. Uh, I was always looking for, you know, the secret to happiness and success. And uh, Law of Attraction was one modality of many that I kind of explored. And, and through those first years while was struggling with my business, it always felt very hit and miss to me. But when everything kind of fell down, uh, I discovered that it wasn't like Law of Attraction that was hit and miss or, or inconsistent. It was me. And I realized that, Oh, I learned these really cool, like manifesting techniques or visualization techniques, whatever you might want to call it. And I was able to kind of look back, you know, through that time and say, Hey, every time I did those methods and things would start to get better, I would stop doing them for some reason. So when I finally had that really bad week, I kind of had this weird epiphany and simultaneous uh, moment of indignation where i'm like listen i don't care what happens or how it happens or when it happens or even why it happens those methods the past couple years like it seemed to work when i was actually doing them so you know what i'm just gonna go all in and when i say all in i don't mean like doing these visualization methods or just feeling gratitude i don't mean doing that like all day every day because i knew human nature being what it was that's just not sustainable I said, I'm going to do five or 10 minutes every single day. In fact, I'm going to modify these manifestation methods that I've learned in a way that I know works for me, in a way that's going to be more enjoyable for me, in a way that I'm going to look forward to it so that I don't miss any days, so that I look forward to those five or 10 minutes every single day. And again, we're talking simple gratitude, visualization, scripting, which is simply just journaling about your dream life in the present tense as if you're already living it. And That was the foundation for everything. I mean, did I take action? Did I put myself out there on dating websites? And did I go, you know, out there and put myself out for hire? Yes, I did all those things. But the foundation that led to that inspired action where everything just fell together was through those simple five or 10 minutes of gratitude or visualization every single day. That was the secret to what I did. That's why I wrote this book, 11 years later, I waited 11 years to write it and and give all those methods. It was that simple foundation of gratitude, which it sounds so simple, but if you just give yourself five minutes every single day without any requirement or attachment to how things have to play out, by hook or by crook, you will find ideas spring to mind. You will find opportunities in front of you the way I did, and things will start unfolding in a way that you never could have orchestrated on your own and never could have imagined. And that was my secret specifically.
0: Awesome, so much so, so much to, to unpack there, but I'll wait till, till my turn at the end, but that, that was awesome, well done. All right, Lisa, you are up.
2: My story in a lot of ways is actually very similar to Andrew's because I think um, my discovery of my identity came more from a f- philosophical approach I almost look at it as a divine intervention, but my, my story started before I wrote my first book and I had my own business. I, I had a um, family counseling business. And what I did was I counseled families on understanding what it's like to live with Alzheimer's disease and other brain diseases that cause dementia on a day-to-day basis because I learned long, long ago that the key to really managing this disease is to first understand it because it's just so, so complicated. And so I was referred to a client through another client to go over to her house because she wanted to talk to me about her family situation. And so I went over there and it turns out that her father had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And her mother-in-law, so her husband's mother, had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And they both received their diagnoses about the same time, and it was almost two years prior to this meeting. So they just really sat there for about two and a half hours and then just asked me question after question after question and just really picked my brain. And she stops me after two and a half hours went by And she said, Lisa, I just really need to tell you something. And I said, okay. She said, I want to acknowledge that you have provided us with more useful and valuable information in the two and a half hours that we have been sitting here picking your brain than we have able, been able to find out since our parents diagnosis almost two years ago from any other source and the thing that became so profound and this turning into my aha moment was then she said to me you need to write a book and share what you know with other people and then she says to me it would be very selfish of you not to share your knowledge and expertise and everything you know to families like ours who are absolutely desperate to learn this information and don't know where to go get it." And that was my aha moment. I did not mention to you all that in addition to counseling families for almost 30 years on this topic, I have also had eight, and this is kind of unheard of, eight of my own family members suffer from one of the brain diseases that causes dementia. So this has been. Close to home for me, I have walked in everybody's shoes that goes on this journey and and struggles with this disease so I know what they're going through, I know what is missing, I know what they need to know. But when she said to me, it would be very selfish of you to not share what you know because so many people are desperate for this information. And of all the things in my life you know i'm looking here and i'm looking here and oh you know maybe if i had that designer purse i'd be happier or maybe if i drove that um, expensive car i would be happy and i was looking in all the wrong places and the, the reason why this was such a profound moment for me is because of the way she presented this to me she made me feel like I had so much to offer to help other people who were in a similar situation. So what I did after that was I wrote my first book. And that was really, I'd been thinking about it for years. And I had had other family members tell me and caregivers tell me basically the same thing she told me. But the way she said it to me was... My aha moment. And I think since then, that was probably 15 years ago. I have never looked back. It just catapulted me into this whole new level of confidence. And I really have discovered that the true, true, true meaning of happiness comes from within ourselves. And we're all out there trying to figure it out and um, think and it's not uncommon i that material things can um, show us that way but i'm here to tell you that it really comes from within yourself and i think this is probably what everybody else on this panel is also leading us to but i can honestly say that i have found that that is absolutely the truth because I have not stopped helping people. I have dedicated my life to helping people. And I truly feel like I have something really special to offer that I can help people who are in this situation and not have to learn from the school of heart knocks. And that they do have a resource to go to to help them live this journey a little more easily than it needs to be,
0: than than it has to be. Great share, well done. We are at, Andy, you are up. Thanks, Robert.
3: Um, Okay, I'll be really honest with you. When COVID hit, when I lost all that money, when I sat there wondering what do I do next, do you know what I did? I sulked. I spent two days where I didn't put my phone on, I didn't switch my computer on, I sulked. And I blamed the world for everything. It's not my fault, this has happened, no one could have thought of this. What the hell am I meant to do? This is all stupid. And I just sat there. Now, my wife was an essential worker. My best friend's an essential worker. So they were off doing work and things. And I wasn't. And so for me, it was just about me. I wasn't thinking about all the other stuff going on. I wasn't thinking about, you know, all the hard things that other people were going through in the world at that point. It was just me that I was thinking of. And I think that's an important thing to think about when we think about when things happen to you. You know, at that moment, it is all about you and you are at the center of it. So it took me a couple of days, but eventually I started to come around a bit. I thought, oh, I better turn my phone back on. I better put my computer back on. Let's see what's happening. And a few of my clients had come to me, some of my coaching clients, they'd left messages. Andy, we need to have a chat. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. How can I I sort things out? And so I thought, okay, I've got a bit of responsibility here for them. You know, I'm their coach. I'm their mentor. Let's get cracking. Let's see what we can do. One of the things I do with people, I'm a duck herder. Okay, I'm the business duck herder. I help people get their ducks in a row. I help people get back to basics and do simple things. So this is what we all did. I got everyone to get a piece of paper and we split it into four sides. In the top corner, we all wrote, what do I need to stop doing? And in this corner, it was what do I need to start doing? On the bottom, it was what can I do more of? And then what can I do less of? And I looked at those four things. I know I couldn't go out and do training anymore with companies the way I was doing. I know I couldn't go out and do one-to-one coaching face-to-face with people. So I had to find a new way, what was going to do. And that's what got me working online. That's what got me into doing all these fantastic things. So just by taking it back to basics and starting again. Don't be afraid that, to sulk, to have a bit of a wallow in your own self-pity for a few days or, or longer, or whatever it is. We all need that sometimes. We need that time our brains to get back to it and to think about that. But then my big advice to you is do what I did and just go back to basics. Take it right back and start again. Just find the simple things that you can do take it step by step and build it back up. And now for me, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to my business, okay? Because look at what I've done. I've gone online. I'm working with people all over the world. I used to work in a little area just around my house. I used to work in about a 30 mile area. Now I'm working in India. I'm working in America. I'm working all over the place. And that's absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I'll be honest with you. That first thing I did was sit down and soak and then we pick ourselves up and then we move to the next bit there we go
0: well done well done i'm gonna write that down sulk (laughs) (laughs) emily you are up
4: i've had a couple of really big aha moments and i'll tell you at least about the first one since i had two husbands die after the first one died uh, we, he, we'd we been married 22 years and he'd been sick for two years and I just kind of didn't know what to do after he died. I had given up my business to take care of him for those last two years. And so I was kind of out of touch with everybody and I just sat and contemplated and I wasn't really trying to figure out what to do. I just didn't know what to do. And finally I, I found uh, one way in particular, actually two, that pulled me out of that and let me move forward and, and really helped me. Uh, the the first one was gratitude. And I, somebody told me I had to watch the movie The Secret, and I, I said, that's not my thing, you know. <laughs> but people kept telling me that, so I watched it. <clears throat> and at the end of the one of the things that they were focused on was saying to uh, – what are you grateful for? So I thought, I don't have anything to be grateful for. My husband died, but I didn't listen to myself and started writing things that I was grateful for. And the more I wrote, the more I had to write. And I wasn't repeating myself. And I was shocked. I I became like addicted to this, writing all these things that I was grateful for. And I said, you know, my life's not so bad as I was thinking it was. I, I can move forward. I could do something. And about a year after my husband died was New Year's. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make some resolutions and they're going to be fabulous and it's going to change my life. And then I thought about that and realized all the resolutions I'd written through my life hadn't made a whole lot of difference because I'd work on them for a couple of weeks and then they slowly dropped away. So I thought I'm going to pick one thing to focus on this year. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but I had this like epiphany that said accept invitations. And again, just like with the gratitude, I'm not getting any invitations. Why, you know, why should I do that? But it was so strong. I said, "Okay, I'm going to accept invitations." And the invitations started rolling in, and I had more new different experiences than I could have dreamed of. They're things I never would have thought on my own. They came to me once I was open to to having them. So that helped me so much. So I didn't think I'd get married again, but ultimately I met Ron and we did get married. And I was really surprised and life was so different then because we really focused on living in the moment. And when he transitioned, it was so different than it, it was before. And as I said before, I had started writing and about six months after Ron died, his best friend on, on the mainland just dropped dead, and he was much younger. He used to call my husband dad. They were that big of an age difference, and nobody anticipated that he would die, especially his family, his wife and his two, two daughters, one in high school and one in college. So as soon as I heard about it, I, I wrote this letter to Lori, his, his wife, saying these are the things you need to think of right now. And these are the things you don't need to think of. You don't need to deal with because I knew she had tons of people that would be coming her way and she had no idea what the answers to these particular questions were. And I was able to get it to her like hours after he died. And she let me know how valuable that was to her, that it made all the difference with her being able to handle what she needed to and to not deal with things she didn't. So I thought I got to do more. So I did and I made a, made cards for her for 52 weeks for the first year that she was grieving and each one of them had a picture of that I had taken here in Maui where I live now on the outside and on the inside it had something that she could would help her deal with whatever was going on right then and I just started sending them to her And I had told my granddaughter about that. And she called me and said, my dad's best friend just died unexpectedly. And he's got, you know, it was like Lori's story. And she said, could you make me some of those cards to send to her? And so I thought, well, sure. I've already got everything all set up. I was just printing them on my computer. And as I was printing them, I thought, you know what? This is an outline for a book. And so I wrote the book, and that was my first grief book, Loving and Loving Your Way Through Grief. The other epiphany that came to me was after the book came out, it was doing really well. I was teaching classes and writing through grief and really helping a lot of people, but I kept thinking something was missing. And I had read after my first husband a book called Happy for No Reason, And I saw something come across from the author, who also was somebody who was on the movie, The Secret, uh, that said she had a happy for no reason certified trainer program. And when I saw that, it dawned on me, happiness is what is missing. And so I took the program and everything I do now is focused on that you can be happy while you're grieving. And people just love it. I see people smile that hadn't smiled in years and it's it's a wonderful thing to do i really am i'm happy that i had those two epiphanies
0: powerful stuff right there powerful stuff all right dom you are up
5: Woo, feels good to be up north especially after hearing all these great stories by goodness my goodness the great solutions and thing is one of the biggest ways to really having a solution to a problem you're going through is by looking At your problem, seeing if there's any diamonds beneath your feet, any gold beneath your feet right there in the problem. Because in the middle of that setback sandwich with the meeting with my boss, there were two things that stick out to me that day when I always look back at is one that she said the word that, hey, you're going to be a leader. And I'm like, wow, that is a powerful thing to be. That's a powerful word because we all are leaders in our own separate areas because someone's either being influenced by us or being influenced by others. And that word leader led me to the business section of the library because I was still working at the library at the time. And I picked up a book by John Maxwell, uh, the five levels of leadership. And that led me to become a voracious reader. So reading so many books and taking so many tips from each and every book to try to at least find at least one good thing to implement in my life afterwards. To the fact that where I actually eventually wrote my own book and around August 2016, when I was coming close to really getting close to my deadline of having my first book done within a year, I had to find a way to at least have at least one good system in the book because folks love acronyms, especially in a good US of A. We love our acronyms. It makes things a lot easier to remember, especially when there's so many things vying for our attention. And I figured out, okay, what are the four things I do every day? I read books. I love to read. And it doesn't have to be a full book. It can be a page or even some positive inspirational social media posts like audio immersion, listening to great audio material. Like for those listening to Robert's podcast for these years on end, that's still going shut up and grind like getting into that zone to do things. Then the visual stimulation, like looking at things that will benefit you, seeing different speakers in action. If you want to become a better public speaker, looking up different martial arts videos, if you do martial arts, like just finding different things to where. Your brain's going to be taking in different parts of information and you want to implement in your life. And then the fourth piece is the encouragement, encouraging myself and other people, because the goal that I have for myself is to encourage at least five random people a day, whether that's in person or online. And those four things spell out the word rave. And it's like, wow, I actually finally got an acronym I could put in the book. And that's what helped me get out of my situation because I took the steps from what I've read and actually apply it into my own life to where I'm actually listening to something positive every day, looking at something positive every day, something that will ed- educate me, something that will even entertain me, because we all need to have some sort of entertainment in our lives. And then, of course, the encouragement. Because if someone is living and breathing, they need encouragement. And sometimes you have to encourage yourself to get out of bed in the morning, kind of like with Andy mentioned earlier with the sulking. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself before you can encourage the world and get out of your sulking face to where you can get your ducks in a row. And it sounds like Andy's going to be got, having a great book coming out soon about getting your ducks in a row. So <laughs> really, just tap into the power of the rave in your life. Read great material. You got at least four of the authors on this wonderful panel today that you can cop books from. Audio Immersion immerse yourself in great audio i know andrew's got great audio books especially his new book if you're a writer yourself then encouraging other people and making sure that you put good visual images in front of your mind because what you see and hear a lot you'll eventually become
0: yes 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 all right so as i close out the second round i'm going to talk about acceptance right? acceptance so when you're in any type of low regardless of what it is whether you're dealing with grief whether you're dealing with depression whether you're dealing with anxiety stress loss of a job like it doesn't matter what it is at some point you have to just look yourself in the mirror and be like this just happened right and once you have that that moment now it's like what's next you know kind of how Andrew was saying he hit he hit his bottom he was like I have to go all in like he was just done done with that You know, and with with Lisa, talking about share what you know. You know, so you went through this thing. What did you learn from said thing? You know, like I say this every show, like it says up above us, your true power lies in your story. All right, this happened, right? I closed up my gym. What did I learn from that? I had to leave my other gym abruptly. What did I learn from that? Right, I had to move back in with my mom. What did I learn from that? You know, everybody struggles at some point, but... The power is in the how you got through it. Right? The how you got through it. So people get stuck in depression. And you know, depression is not something that goes away. It's something that you have to manage. Just yes, just last night, I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, and I'm a motivator, I'm a motivational speaker, but I'm human. Everybody on this panel, everybody in this world is human. And I and I, back to Andy's point, sometimes you just have to feel what you feel. And just in that moment. <laughs> I just didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to face the world. And so I didn't, I laid down all day long. And people that know me know that I'm very active, very, very active. Like just the other day I went for a, a 15 mile bike ride and then backed it up with a 10 mile walk. It's like, I'm constantly active. But with that, that being said, getting back to acceptance is we keep ourselves in the hamster wheel of depression is because we're stuck on what happened You know, like when my dad passed, yes, it absolutely sucks that he's not here. But going to, I believe it was Emily that spoke about gratitude. Instead of focus on him not being here, I focus on what he left behind. You know, what golden nuggets did he leave behind? You know, what words of wisdom did he give me? What moments did we share that I'll forever remember for the rest of my life? And then so when I talk about his passing, I can talk about it from a place of gratitude. I mean, the sadness is still still present. You there were days where I'll hear one of the songs that he used to play in his rocking chair, drinking his low and brow, his old school uh, Motown songs. You know, and it, it, it'll it'll choke it'll choke me up a little. But the fact is, is I have that memory. You know, it's like there were people that didn't have a connection with their father. There's people who never met their father. There's people who had an abusive father, and I didn't have any of that. So to come at it from a place of gratitude makes me talking about it and talking about him that much better. Going back to what Lisa said, share what you know, share what you know. Everyone here who has written a book, you're sharing what you know. Those of us that are talking on this panel, we're sharing what we know. Like that's our biggest resource. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not even your business. It's your personal knowledge. And for most of you, you, you're, you turn your personal knowledge into a business And that's the the fastest way to beat, you know, depression, anxiety, stress is taking action on those things that you already know. It's like you don't need another degree. You know, you don't need, you know, further training or, or anything. Just take what's already buried in your subconscious mind and share those stories. All right. So as we move into the third round, you guys want to bring it full circle on how you got to doing what you're doing now, share what you're doing now, share what your books are about. And we're going to reverse the order this time. We're going to let Dom go first.
5: (laughs) You'll love to see it. Uh, Flipping the script. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is so what I'm doing now. So it's one great thing to read a bunch of books. It's another thing to do what you read from the books. It's another thing to talk to the authors behind the books. And that's what I do now with the Going North podcast. New episodes go live every Monday, Monday, Thursday and Saturday feature a different author during those days. And I have a goal to interview over a thousand authors across the globe. And I'm about a good 720 in so far. Awesome. It's a podcast that has been going on for about a good five years now in Celtic. So check that out. If you want to be inspired, motivated to do more and myself, I'm an author myself who has penned four books to co-author books, crappy to happy, as well as the fourfold formula for all things wellness, as well as stay the course, the lead performers, seven secret keys to sustainable success. And going north, the one that started it all, tips and techniques to advance yourself. You can find all of those on dombrightman.com and just subscribe to the Going North podcast to get some more information as well. And if you are yourself an author listening right now, if you want to be on the show, shoot me an email at dom at dombrightman.com and I'll turn it over to the next panelist
0: before before i bring on the next one doesn't dom sound like he belongs on like the radio (laughs) i can just see you just like calling sports play by play (laughs) well done all right emily you are up
4: well i've kind
0: of the studio sorry oh because i'm hitting the wrong button sorry all right go ahead
4: okay there we go um I have kind of told you about about the things that I've really done, but one of them in particular is the Grief and Happiness Alliance. And that was a concept I had because I kept hearing people say, and I had experienced, that in grief groups to to go to get some help, you usually end up sitting there and listening to everybody's sad story and everybody's crying, and I didn't want that. I wanted to figure out ways that I could stabilize myself and be able to start moving forward, not getting over grief or healing from grief. I I don't believe you uh, ever get over the, the grief that you have from losing someone you really love, but you handle it differently. You hold them in your heart. You smile when you think of them and that sort of thing. So I wanted to somehow get that point across, and that was the happiness that I had. I'd already started my grief and happiness podcast, and was was thrilled with the results from that. And I thought I want to have a group that I can facilitate, that I meet with these people all the time um, to help them see how they can grieve and be happy at the same time. But whenever I'd say anything to anybody about grief and happiness, they go that's an oxymoron, you know, <laughs> that can't happen. And I I kept saying, well, yes, it can. And I need to show people it can. So before I created this group meeting thing that I wanted to do, I decided to do a pilot program. And I invited uh, lots of people that I know from all over the country to join it. And we had three meetings where we actually went through the process like I would do uh, doing writing exercises and then talking about those exercises that had to do with anything related to, to grief and, and happiness. And then after that, they'd learn a happiness practice and we would do this every week. And so all these people went through it and then we had a big discussion at the end and they said, yes, you can grieve and be happy at the same time. And one person actually said in a very strong way, and I will never forget these words, this is an idea whose time has come. And that was really powerful to me, especially when she died two days later, that uh, it was like the message that she needed to get to me. And so I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that. And I said, the one thing is, though, I don't believe in making people pay to help them deal with their grief and, and help them feel better. But it costs money to do. Uh, I, I do it on Zoom and trying to get people aware of it and come into it and everything. It costs money. And that, that group of people that didn't know each other, that dear people, said then we're going to start a nonprofit organization to support this, to pay the expenses and and people can know that it's of value because a lot of times when things are free people don't see the value in it but you can say that it's of value because we're making this happen for them because we believe in this so strongly and it's turned out wonderfully so many people get help I have people come to the group from all over the world we meet for one hour once a week right now and we're in the process of training other people to facilitate the the program like I do so we can have more meetings on different days and different time zones and it's very exciting it it's just at the end of the meeting everybody's sitting there smiling instead of going home with tears
0: well done See, and now I'm going to ask you in a public forum. So that way it's harder for you to say no. If you, if you ever want a guest speaker for your group, let me know. And I can talk to them about sharing their stories.
4: Yes, that sounds great.
0: See? Thank you. There's only one answer, sorry. She's not going to say yeah. no live. That's right. <laughs> Marketing, baby. <laughs> yes. In the Europe.
3: Hi, thanks, Rob. Um Yeah, so for me, uh, my big mission now is to bring coaching to small business owners all over the world, and especially to people who don't think coaching's for them. So people who think maybe they can't afford it, or maybe their business is too small to have a coach or a mentor. I'm really, really passionate about helping those people, Um, because a lot of us in business, we just get really, really busy, and we find ourselves busy and not productive. Uh, And with a little bit of help, I can help people become productive, uh, which can help with all aspects of their life. Um, You know, when you start your own business, when you're running your own business, it's part of that whole of your world uh, and everything else is linked to it. Uh, So, you know, the amount of people I work with now who say, oh, yeah, I started my own business because I want more time to spend with friends or family. But now I'm working 70 hours a week and I never see them. is amazing yeah and it doesn't need to be like that there is another way um, and it's about my mission is to help you find your way so i work with everybody on a very individual basis and uh, there isn't a one-size-fits-all coaching thing for me there isn't you know i haven't got coaching in a box for you and you just follow this system i need to know what you want what you need and that's what's important to me is helping you find what you want so if you're one of those people out there who've never had a business coach are running their own business and are finding themselves maybe a bit busy, the next thing for you to do is send me an email, andyguile at askandyguile.co.uk and say, Andy, can we have a chat? And you'll never know until you do that how amazing the rest of your business life could be.
0: So true. So, so true. Love it. We are at Lisa. Oops, I almost kicked you out of the studio too. Wrong button. <laughs> there we go.
2: I think the one thing I would really like to share with everybody is to say that I have lived life now long enough to realize when I look back that every single experience that each one yes. of us has and and goes through in this journey of life contributes to the people we become. Mm. And I can say that's very true of myself. And I've seen myself go through this huge metamorphosis. And part of that was really discovering my true happiness. But another thing that I've realized about people, and I am a behavior specialist, I mean, my degree is in human behavior. So it's something I've studied and know quite a bit about But I look back and I recognize that really there are two very distinct prominent personalities out there in people. There are those who see themselves as victims and there are those who see themselves as heroes. And I think in maybe in the first part of my life, I chose the victim perspective It's like, why do these things keep happening to me? Why is that person against me? Why did that person hurt me? I don't understand. I don't understand. And through my development and maturing and and seeking a a better attitude and a better view on lease on life, I discovered that it's all in the way you look at things. You can be the person who sees the glass half empty Or see the person who sees the glass half full. And I went from the the half empty person to the half full person. I'm so much happier for it. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't take time to uh, grieve when really bad things happen to you. When you lose people you love. You shouldn't take the time to process anger or any of the the emotions that we feel it's our right to do that. And the difference is from my perspective is those of us who are seeing the glass half full people, we're not getting stuck in the victim persona. We move on. Take as long as you need to grieve, take as long as you need to process your emotions. It's very healthy to do that. The difference is don't allow yourself to get stuck in that grief. And the only other thing that I wanna say is I agree with every single person on this panel today because I've experienced it myself. um, And that is, Acknowledge and and realize your gratitude, what you should be thankful for and not what you should be feeling sorry for yourself for because I'll tell you, everybody has problems. They have horrible things happen to them. And a lot of people have much worse things to deal with in their lives than maybe you do. It may seem horrible to you at the time, but if you can move on from it and find value and reason why that happened, even if it is just to say to yourself, this was another life lesson that I needed to to experience and learn. And it's just made me a better person for it. You will be so much happier. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Absolutely. So
2: um, you can find me. I also host two podcasts. One is... Um, exclusively about Alzheimer's disease, sharing what I know. I took the (laughs) advice of my client and I am on um, passionate world talk radio. I host another show too, about historical events that have happened um, throughout history to mankind. And I am, um, my website is truth, www.truthliesalzheimers.com. Thank you for listening to my story today
0: and it was a pleasure to be here Awesome and Andrew is going to end off this round come on down
1: Yes sir well you asked you know how I took what I learned and, and got to what I'm doing and you know again all, all that stuff that went down was back in 2008 and it took 11 years and took until 2019 for me to give myself permission to write about what i had learned in a way that i was confident would serve people because there's like a thousand law of attraction books out there i didn't want to write one unless i could bring something new to the conversation hence this very bold promise of the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read and you know i'm I'm so grateful for you know the thousands of five-star reviews that let me know that i actually delivered on on that really bold promise um but but yet it came down. To me, just giving myself permission to to go, just as I went all in in my solution, I went all in on articulating, based on what I know about myself and human nature, you know why we get in our way, how we get in our way, and how we we can work our way out of it in terms of using the techniques. And you know, two hundred pages later, or two hundred and eight pages later, there we were. And, and again, I was very fortunate that that it worked out. It sold over a hundred thousand copies. And I go on inspiration. So not only am I continuing with that book, but a lot of people kept asking me like, "Hey, Andrew, how are you selling so many books? And yes, I can say law of attractions aspect of it. But again, there's inspired action. There's actual physical action within the real world and decisions, which is why I wrote three words I use to sell 100,000 books to answer those questions for people. That's like 230 pages. But again, finally going on inspiration, um, I found another number of people where they loved my book and they recommended the last law of attraction book, but some people were like embarrassed to talk about law of attraction and recommend it. So in less than a hundred pages, a more giftable book, it's only 89 pages. I wrote just feel good, which basically explains, you know, how to use gratitude and how to use feeling good to improve your life without even using the terms law of attraction, without even using the terms manifestation so that if you wanted to give this knowledge or disinformation to people, but you don't want to broach the topic of law of attraction, it's a solution there. So what I'm doing is I'm basically giving myself permission to whatever measure I can and am so inspired to provide an articulation of solutions and answers about stuff that I know that I think and hope will serve people. If anyone wants to check out any of the books, uh, my website, awesomemarvelous.com, has easy, fast links to the listings on Amazon. But wherever you are in the world, you could find on Amazon, you could find it on Audible, you can find the audiobook on Apple books. And if you don't want to pull your wallet out, you could also find a lot of free content for me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Andrew uh, you Again, know, Robert, thank you so much for always having me and um, for introducing me to this wonderful assortment of, of panelists and their stories. I was really grateful to be here today.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, you always deliver my friend, always. All right, so again, what's one thing that's in common here? is that everyone's approach is different, right? Just like how Andy was saying with his business coaching, it's not one size fits all. You know, we have Emily and Lisa talking about two different ways to deal with, with grief. Like not everything has to be exactly the same. So um, who said it? Someone said, it. A- Andrew said it. you know, you gotta find what's for you. You know, find what's for you and you step into that thing. So as I mentioned before we went live, I was doing a jumps camp for track and field prior to coming on for this podcast. And one thing I was hammering down with the athletes, not even so much the physical drills we were doing, I was working on their mental performance as well. And one of the kids does the triple jump. And I was like, how far have you jumped? He's like 35. I'm like, you have the skills to jump 40. He's like, well, my goal is 39. I'm like, why did you just drop your goal from what I told you your potential was? <laughs> right. It's like that doesn't make any sense. But in life, that's what we do. We let other people cloud our own goals. Just because they can't reach it, they're gonna wanna project that on us. And that's one of the biggest, biggest mistakes that people can do. And staying in the track and field realm. This was when my daughter was in ninth grade. I was um a volunteer coach for her for her track team. And now I know nothing about throwing the shot put i was a high jump triple jump long jumper i know nothing about the shot put but i know about the power of mental performance and so this girl strong girl big girl you know muscular and i was like what's your best throw she's like 29 I'm, I'm like there's no reason why you can't throw 35 feet i'm like just with your frame alone and she's like all right so it's like okay you know i think i can get about 32 33 i said again i just told you you have what it takes to throw 35. I said, let's take the tape measure, put an X at 35 feet. I said, and now hit it. And so she she rears back, throws 32 feet, right? I already did a three-foot personal best. All right, all right. Square up again, put more effort into it. Hits 34 feet, then hits 35 and a half feet. I didn't, taught, I didn't teach her how to talk. I didn't teach her about elbow position. I didn't teach her about the upward explosion. Like I said, I know nothing about the shot put, but I know the power of visualization. right? So no matter what anyone is going through, remember, don't get stuck in the what. Don't get stuck in the what. You know, Get stuck in the fact that whatever you went through didn't break you. It didn't break. you. Maybe it bent you a little. Maybe you did curl up in the fetal position for a minute, but you're still here. And you still have time to reach the goals that you want to reach. Now, and again, and how I close things with the athletes today, I said, what what are you good at? And they were all just kind of blankly staring at me. I'm like, no, what are you good at? And none of them had an answer. I said, you're good at what you practice. That's what you're good at. You're good at what you practice. So why was Michael Jordan considered the best basketball player? Because he ate, slept, and drank basketball. Like, that was his whole world. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, all of the greats, Magic, Larry. They ate, drank, and slept the sport. So whatever it is you want to accomplish, you got to immerse yourself into it. Immerse yourself into it. Back when I ran track, one of my coaches was a cross-country runner. The other coach was a thrower. So neither one of them knew anything about the jumps. And I held two of the jump records for over 20 years. I held a Southern Division record for over 20 years. Because I just immersed myself in it. I didn't I didn't rely on my coaches. So between my father and riding my bike to the library to read books, this was back when they had those big projection videos that, that was like on, on the film. And you had to put it on the big thing and feed the film in. Like that's how long ago that was. But I immersed myself in it myself. Like I didn't sit here and say, well, my coaches don't know this sport. So I can never succeed. No, and again, that goes back to those mental blocks that we put on ourselves. So, so again, no matter what it is you're going through, keep going through it. Right? The analogy I always use, if you're on fire, don't you want to put the fire out? <laughs> if you don't put out the fire, it's going to consume you. And that's what wallowing in you know, stress, depression, anxiety, that's exactly what that is. The longer you stay in it, you remain in the fire. And the sooner you can get that fire out, you'll be able to take action on the things that you want to do. And then doors are going to open, getting back to the law of attraction. Whatever you focus on, all the opportunities, they're already there. They're right in front of your face. You just can't see them yet because you're stuck in the fire. right? And once you get that fire out and say, you know what, I'm ready to tell my story then you're going to start seeing things that have to do with story t- storytelling. You're going to start seeing groups that can that need to hear your story. You're going to start seeing it all because now you're focused on it. All right. So, we have some extra time, so we're going to do a hot seat. Right? And we're going to start with Andrew. So, you talked about going all in. What did what did that look like for you?
1: Well, for me, It really, what it looked like for me was setting the conditions to the best of my ability and bringing in enough motivation as I could in that this time I wasn't going to stop. Going (sighs) all in meant stop stopping because everybody technically goes all in all the time before they stop. So for me, it's simply a decision not to stop this time.
0: Awesome. That's what I tell people in, in fitness They're like, I I don't understand why I keep yo-yoing. I said, you keep yo-yoing because you keep quitting. (laughs) It's like, if you stop quitting and you stay consistent, you won't (laughs) yo-yo. It's that simple. All right, so to make it a true hot seat, I'm going to call you guys out of order. So the only one that's going to know is the last one. All right, so Emily, you are up. So so you talked about open to having them. Yeah. So when you were talking about the invitations and you said they came to me when I was open to having them, go deeper into that.
4: Uh, well, I was open because I made the commitment to myself to do it. And I was open to paying attention to when they came. And I realized that although I thought I wasn't having invitations, that I had been having invitations that I hadn't paid attention to. So I made space to accept the invitations and they were amazing. I got asked to be on the editorial board for the newspaper. I got asked to be on the ethics committee for the regional medical center. I got asked to be the nurse on a ultra marathon bike race across the country. I got asked to go with friends to South Africa. It, th- that's just the tip of the iceberg on things that people ask me to do. And none of those things were things I would have thought of on my own. So the whole thing for me was being open and paying attention so that I could accept what was offered to me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And that that just highlights again on what I said. You know, once you put out the fire, you, you see the opportunities like wow. they're, they're all they're all there. They're all there already. And like for for anyone, for any of the six of us, we could probably somehow collaborate and turn it into something big. You know, like the opportunity is there. It's just like, are, are we gonna grab it? You know what I mean? Lisa, you are up and my question for you is, so you talked about identity struggles and I think a lot of people struggle with that. So how were you able to define who it is you are?
2: I... I basically went by what made me feel the best about myself. I mentioned when I was telling my original story uh, in the beginning that I I think I was always looking for the grass being greener on the other side and I was never finding it. Mm -hmm. And then um, when that lady said what she said to me uh, that it would be selfish of me not to share what I know and that was my epiphany. So I wrote the book, I started, um, you know, going deeper into my commitment to share my knowledge with people. And every single time I did, I got this overwhelming feeling of, of um, happiness that I was making a difference in somebody's life That maybe nobody else would have been able to accomplish and it was such a feeling of joy and accomplishment and happiness from within that i finally figured out that um that's truly where our happiness lies is from within ourselves and feeling like we're doing something really worthwhile and making a difference in this life
0: awesome Well done. Dom, you are up. Sweet. All right. So for Dom, we have, you talked about the five laws of leadership, John Maxwell book. And you said you you read many books and you picked little things that you could from each one and applied it, right? Talk about that application process. Mm -hmm.
5: Sure thing. Well, one of the major things that I like to do with books is taking notes as I read from books. And funny enough, one book actually was going through the first couple of pages of it was oversubscribed. I forgot who wrote the book, but it's an interesting book. And he mentioned the seven for 11 model where it's like, if you want to have a customer, have a client for life, they need to spend at least a good seven hours with you. And then 11 interactions with you, whether that's through social media conversation or another podcast interview. And the fourth thing is for different places. So, if they see you on this podcast today, then see you on the Going North podcast tomorrow, and then maybe see you on Oprah one day if she comes out with Super Soul Sunday out of nowhere, then like, oh, wait a second, I know that person. They're freaking amazing. And one of the major things I've done with that already and applied it to my own life is really guesting on a bunch of shows and also really finding ways to improve my own show as well, because studying other folks in your field and seeing if it can work for you can do wonders and one thing that i do to try to embrace the touches for the guests that come on especially if they have an episode in the past that relates with a more current episode is that i put a you may like list of other episodes that may relate to that episode so recently had a guest mandy Part where she talked about restorative grief and it touches a little bit from a christian perspective there may be somebody who may not like a grief from that perspective so there's a few others who have talked about grief in the past on the show and then listed some other episodes in the past and that just keeps the long-term game in mind because the thing is if you're going to be alive you want to be here for the long time and you got to play the long game by default if you want to be here for a long time so really just pushing yourself out there putting yourself as many places as possible and really just applying it one tip at a time and seeing what applies and that's just a tip i haven't even from a book i haven't even, even finished yet so sometimes when you <laughs> see one good tip it's like all right let me, put, let me put this book down for a sec and let me actually get going you don't have to wait to finish something sometimes one project is get started with another in this case anyway if you like you have a good tip and it seems like it'll work instantly try to work on it as fast as you can because in this wonderful age of attention management where we really have everything vying for our attention, you may have to take action on something that you're inspired by right away, or it'll be in the graveyard of other ideas and projects and things you haven't completed yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right. So Andy, so I had, I had you going last on purpose on this one, cause you spoke about getting back to the basics. And before you go, I just want to say, cause I say this in fitness a lot when people have fallen off and they come back and hold on a second let me let me take you off a solo for a second you know, and they come back and' they're like all right so what what do I ha- have to do and I, I always say back to the basics get 10,000 steps drink enough water exercise for at least 20 minutes don't try to kill yourself like don't try to max out don't worry about what you used to do because you're gonna end up hurting yourself right so we went baby steps and build yourself up so when you so when you talk about getting back to, to the basics when you're working with, with um, a business, what does that look like for you?
3: It means don't overcomplicate it. Um, you know, it means keep keep things simple and do simple things. So I talk about the power of five with, with people quite a lot. Make five phone calls every day to potential clients. Mm-hmm. Have um, a list, a to-do list every day with no more than five things on it. Get them done, then you can add some more, but never more than five things on it. So we make it doable. So your brain doesn't think, oh, there's too much to do. Have five close contacts around you. Five business people that you refer to and they can refer to you who you know really well. You can have a bit of a moan at now and again, you can celebrate things with, but but you and they know each other's businesses really well. Have a five minute break every hour when you're working don't burn yourself out. Have that break, let your brain have a little bit of time to go back and, and have a break. And I like to do five networks every month. And I like to get five one-to-ones from every one of those networks. Uh, and that way you're going to be talking to 25 new people every month about what you're doing. So just by doing some little simple things like that, and starting with those will help to build your business up. It'll help you keep going with your business it's always helping you to, to bring people into that sales funnel to keep things active and to keep you active as well and um, you know we, we over complicate things with so many different things sometimes we try to to, to add complexity to things um, and, and we don't need to you know sometimes the, just doing the basics well everything else will take care of itself uh, and so don't panic Don't look at all these other big businesses thinking, oh, I need to be doing what they're doing. I need to have a podcast. I need to have this stream. I need to have this. I need to be doing this. It might not work for you. It might not be your thing. It doesn't matter. My old mentor used to tell me I had to be up at five o'clock every morning to do the golden hour. I had to spend 15 minutes uh, exercising, 15 minutes meditating and writing down what I need to be doing for the day, 15 minutes reading. And I love that golden hour. It's great. But it ain't happening for me at 5 a.m. in the morning because I don't know what 5 a.m. in the morning is. That's not me. That's not what I want to do. So I do that last thing at night instead. Then I can sleep sound knowing that I'm ready for the next day. So there's lots of great things out there that people can tell you really work and you should be doing. You just have to look at them and make them work for you in the way that you want to live your life. Okay. so have that confidence to run the business the way that you want it doing the things that you want and getting the results you want. And don't worry about what everyone else thinks.
0: Awesome. Way to close that out. So so again, to summarize for everyone, again, we have six of us on this panel, six different approaches, all for the same thing, how to move on when life knocks you down. Like we we all took, we all shared different approaches. And that what does that, what does that tell you? Like the more people that you speak to, you're gonna find a, a new approach to getting through whatever it is you're struggling with. Like the way I, I did it may work for some, and the way each one of these guests have done it will work for someone. And I love Andy's five five by five rule. Like it, it it's so so he didn't talk about websites, he didn't talk about Facebook ads. He I mean he mentioned funnel at the end, but and the, but the way that's something that we can all do. And as I said before, the opportunities are right in front of you. Uh, not to call you out, Emily, but if you didn't write down that name that Dom said that does the, the restorative coaching, you 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 missed an opportunity of restorative grieving. Like you missed an opportunity because I jotted that down. I was like, "Ooh, I gotta I gotta con- connect with her because that's that's a story I I want to get." As you guys were all talking, I'm sitting here taking notes. And what are these notes like? When Andrew spoke about inspired action, I'm like. I can I can do a video on Inspired Action. I can talk about, you know, how Andrew said, write down, I mean, sorry, Andy said, write down what you want more of, write down what you need to do to do less. You know, and, and so I went through and, and I'm taking notes for my own future content based on the words that you guys are all saying. So again, going back to the opportunities are there. You know, and again, Dom has a show for authors. Three of you up here are, are authors. You know, connect with him, get get on the show, do a show, show swap, whatever it is. And as I have more opportunities coming up, um, I believe you guys are all on, on my email list. It's like I'll, I'll be emailing those out to, to you as well. And some things work for you. Great. Some things don't work for you. Great. You know, but I won't know unless I put it in front of you. <laughs> all right. And and pretty much like like Andy was saying, Just the more people you talk to, you're you're putting your service right out there in front of them. And the more people you share it with, the more yeses you're going to get. And so and in conclusion, so one of the last things I did today with my with my high jumpers is I put the bar up higher than what they they were used to. And I was like, all right, now we're going to jump. And some of them were scared. I'm like, what are you afraid of? Worst thing that's going to happen, you're going to knock the bar down. (laughs) <laughs> it's the worst thing that's going to happen. I said, but if you, draw, when the bar is too low, your form is actually worse because you, you don't have to think about it. You have to get uncomfortable to really focus in on the form. And it's no different with business. Like if you don't like talking on the phone, you got to pick up the phone and start talking on the phone. You no, know, if you're afraid to ask people to, to buy a high t- high ticket item, that's just something you got to practice. Even if you just turn on your camera and just talk to yourself. Just talk to yourself and just work on those basics and get out of that comfort zone and then you'll be able to sell high ticket items and so same thing with with these young athletes it's like if you want to learn to be a high jumper you have to learn to jump high (laughs) it's like you're not gonna teach yourself to get up there if the bar is too low okay so i'm gonna leave you with that i want to thank my panelists i want to thank the people who listen live And uh, everyone's contact information will be in the description section on my two Facebook pages. This is also live on LinkedIn, and it'll be uploaded to all of the podcast episodes. So, again, thank you all. This has been amazing, and I'm sure we are all going to cross paths again at some point. So have a good day.
1: Thanks very much. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.